And so here we are today on episode eight of Careering Out of Control podcast with me, Will Rowe. Uh, and, uh, and today I'm joined by Joe Hodkinson. Uh, Joe is the co-founder of the Northern Azure User Group. Uh, he blogs regularly uh, and you can find him on LinkedIn, Twitter. Um, and currently he is a cloud architect for global manufacturer PZ Cousins. You may not have heard of them uh, particularly, but you'll certainly know their products. Uh, today we're talking about challenges around the pace of change in the technical world and I'm so excited uh, to hear more about what he's got to say as to why he's considering moving away from a technical track into something a little bit more businessy and commercially focused. So have a listen and as always let us know what you think. So I am absolutely delighted to welcome Joe Hodkinson to the Careering Out of Control podcast. Uh, Joe, welcome. Thank you so much for coming along uh, and uh, and taking the time to to have a chat with us. Um, how are you feeling? Thank you, Will. Yes, yeah, always good to talk to you. Really good. Yeah, it's Friday. Um, I finish at about one o'clock on a Friday, so Fridays are always oh. for me. And uh, obviously, coming up to Christmas as well, so all is good. How about yourself? No, I am. Uh, it's my last day of Chris uh, of, of of Christmas work. Uh, today um, and for those of you that are, that are listening to this in, in in January look back think back to Christmas and think oh my god how long ago was that um, so uh, so yes yeah, so uh, I uh, it's 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 going to be a good day I can tell I'm not planning to be sober much beyond about four hours. <laughs> good <laughs> <time for Friday. laughs> yeah so uh, Joe uh, for those people that don't know who you are can you just tell us a little bit about who you are what you do all that kind of thing yeah, of course. Um, yeah, so I've been doing IT now, oh God, uh, probably 12, 13 years. Um, started off right back when doing my IT apprenticeship, um, back on working on service desks and, and working my way up through, you know, the, the different tiers up to kind of service support. Um, got myself into consulting, which uh, I'll go into a bit more in a bit. Um, and then I've worked in various different consulting consulting capacities uh, over the last few years, um, building up different experience, obviously moving from um, kind of the on-premises, system center world, Hyper-V, and then more recently into the uh, Azure side of things. Um, currently working for PZ Cousins, uh, so an international um, brand that a lot of people probably won't have heard of, but you'll know a lot of their products. So things like uh, Carex, obviously a big one at the moment, Original Source Shower Gel, can't say that fast. Um, mm. and they're, they're based, obviously, uh, around the world. Um, what I'm doing there is very much around helping them with their cloud strategy, so getting them from on-premises into Azure, but not just from a technical point of view, uh, I think one of the, the big, I mean, the technology really is is the quick 10% at the end of this. The big 90% is all around business change and mindset change and getting the business to uh, to adapt to new ways of working. So that's what I'm doing at the moment. Uh, I'm also heavily involved in the Northern Azure user group. Uh, so we started that coming up to three years ago now. Uh, started off as a little user group based in Manchester City Centre. Uh, anything to do with Azure uh, and Microsoft Public Cloud. Uh, and then obviously more recently, we've taken that online and, and it's kind of grown from there, really. Um, but uh, we've got quite a good following for that now. So if you've not checked it out, then then do, do definitely join us. 
I, I'd just like to say, you know, that that, uh, that having spoken at the uh, the the Norg, as uh, as those of us in the know refer to it as, we, we did uh, consider calling it the Manchester Azure User Group, but that would have been the Morg, so we decided to open <laughs> instead. Yeah, that's probably uh, it's probably not uh, not where we, people want to end up too soon. Um, but uh, but it is a fantastic it's a fantastic group. Um, so have you found then that, that your followings increased since you moved online? Yes, it's definitely increased. Um, what it's also allowed us to do is to get some of those. I think everyone who speaks there, you know, is fun, fantastic and really appreciate everyone <clears throat> that's ever spoken at it. But it's allowed us to get those bigger names, if you like, you know, some of the, the big Microsofty names from from America uh, joined us. So it's certainly allowed us to change um, who we have present, and it's also allowed people from all over the world to join as well. So instead of it just being a northern-based user group, we're kind of a worldwide user group now, which is fantastic. So, so I'm just just reading between the lines there, Joe. It, it sounds like you're not inviting me back. <laughs> Always welcome to come and speak. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, I've only got one talk. You know, I, I don't think I can do it again. So... Uh... <laughs> Um, so you, you mentioned it briefly. So, so what was your career path then like to get you to to where you are? I'd like to, I'd like to think I have. I've had a a path. I remember um, back in back in school. I left high school and went to go and do my apprenticeship at, at college. I remember saying to my mum back at the time, "Mum, I can do IT every single day now because it's been my favourite." favorite subject at school and I was so excited to just be doing solid IT so I'd like to think I've always had an idea and the path that I obviously wanted to get into IT which I think is really lucky because a lot of people don't have that um, or haven't yet decided when they've left school kind of where they want to go to but I think my path has been fluid because of the such rate of change um, in IT if I look back all those years to think that we'll be doing cloud and uh, and that I'll be doing lots more around business change and mindset change rather than putting RAM into computers and pressing keys on keyboards, then I I wouldn't have believed you. Um, so I think that I've definitely had an idea of where I'd like to get to and the path that I want to be on, but that path has certainly been fluid um, throughout. Um, I, I know where I'd like to try and get to as well. And I think one of the, the places that I'm at in my career now is, is do I stay solidly technical or do I start to veer off a little bit more into the more management side or the more business side of IT? Um, and I think that to me is quite a scary place at the moment because my safe place is, is technical. I know that I can do technical. I know that I can forge a career in the technical side. But do I take that risk and, and start to just veer off it a little bit? So that's kind of where I am at the moment. Uh, and again, I've got an idea of like where I'd like to get to, but I need to be fluid with that. And do you think then that people reach that point in their career where they're not, where they have to make that decision? You, you know, to do you think that everybody kind of hits that point where they go, all right, do I want to go down technical? Do I want to, you know, go down a slightly different route? And do you think that's linked to seniority or what yeah i think i think that most people in their it careers will get to a point of do i stay permanent do i go consulting i would imagine that pretty much everybody has, has faced that dilemma um mm. at some point, trying to decide which which path to go down 
in terms of do I stay more technical or do I stay more or do I kind of veer off into this more managementy side? I think a lot of people will get there. Some people want to stay solidly technical, um, you know, love pressing the keys on the keyboard, love doing that coding or, or getting that end result. Uh, and that's fantastic. You know, if you want to stay solidly technical, there is, is certainly a fantastic career path there for you. Um, but I think I've reached that that point now where I'm not as bothered about pressing the keys on the keyboard. It's more about the people and the business change and, and um, helping businesses change, I guess, rather than having to press the, the keys, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. I think I think that once you reach a certain level anyway, if you're focused more on the architecture anyway, the, the sort of the conversations that you're going to be having, once you have that level of seniority is is going to be more related to business, to the sort of the commercial business conversations around how can we fix this for you and, and what is the impact as opposed to those more technical conversations. Um, exactly. I think that's probably the difference between the engineer kind of career path, which is absolutely, you know, 100% is fantastic career path to go down in terms of just being solidly technical. Or do you go down that more consultant mindset um, where it is you've got to be very people-focused and business-focused rather than just solidly technical as well? And both are equally as important. I think that very much depends on things like personality um, to which way you want to go. Mm. And this role at PZ Cousins, it, it, it's the first, I guess, end customer that you've been working for directly for a while. Um, how, how is it different to, because, you, you know, you, you've worked in, was it co-op previously as well? Um, yeah, correct. So most of my career has been in um, consulting. I have dabbled and dipped my toes into back into internal IT. So the last time was co-op. Um, Corp group and working with them very much a similar role to what I'm doing at PZ, helping them with cloud strategy. Um, I did get back into consulting. Um, I think consulting life is certainly a lifestyle. You know, you've got to really enjoy the well, obviously not at the moment the, the travel side of it, but you've got to enjoy being on the road and meeting new people. It's a very lifestyle um, decision. Um, the reason I like to dabble in and out of consulting and um, internal is because I think as a consultant, it's quite easy to get into a mindset and not to um, appreciate the challenges and the business challenges um, that a company faces. So as a consultant, you, you rock up day one front door to go and deliver a piece of work. <clears throat> and that piece of work has probably taken weeks or months of internal discussion, debates, um, getting business cases signed off, etc. But you don't see any of that. You've just rocked up to come into this almost perfect world to go and deliver that piece of work. So I think having both sides of it, internal and consulting, gives you a real appreciation of the challenges of both sides. Um, and that's what I've experienced anyway. And I think that's that's something that I can certainly bring to somewhere like PZ is to understand our third parties that are supporting us, their frustrations and challenges, but also be very mindful to PZ's frustrations and challenges as well. And why is that important? It's important because um, it, it's hard. So for 
for us to move to to Azure, to, to move to public cloud, there's obviously a lot of mindset change, a lot of business process change, a lot of um, service um, considerations to take into account. And if you're a consultant, you're, you're just coming in just to go and deliver something. You're just going to go and... Um, do some Azure migrations, or you're going to go and stand up some managed instances, for example, and do some database um, transitions. But you, you're not particularly mindful of all of the challenge that, that someone like PZ has got to make that happen. You know, the, the number of people that's involved, the amount of service consideration, how is it going to impact the business? You're not necessarily thinking about all of that. So I think it certainly helps to bring a more rounded view um, to the end result. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I guess. I guess, as as a consultant, you know, you're you're in to do a specific piece of work and then move on, and that, that can be from a you know as a from a third party or as an independent contractor. Whereas you're talking about a different role where you, I guess, you see it more holistically because you're yeah. you're stuck holding yeah. the baby after somebody leaves. Exactly, and it's also your baby as well. I mean, obviously, you know, as a consultant, you're going and you always do the best for the customer. But at the end of the day, you walk away from it at the end, and it's not your baby to own. Um, when I've delivered this piece of work, I own it all the way through. So you're very bought into it. You're very mindful of it. And I think that certainly helps as well. And is that a more satisfying role then for you? Um, one of the reasons I wanted to, to go to PZ was because of the uh, the amount of challenge there, uh, not technical challenge, but the business challenge. I'm certainly getting experience of that, which is absolutely fantastic. So, you know, um, and that's what I find satisfying is continuously learning, continuously adapting uh, and taking on experience. And then that's what I find satisfying is, is every single day facing a new challenge and making sure that you've learned from it. And it's something that I've talked about a lot on uh, with 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 the other guests on the podcast is is this mindset for learning, um, and that's that's one of the I guess the the key threads that runs through everybody's career in terms of similarity. Um, how important has that has that sort of mindset been for you um, in, in terms of sort of getting you to where you are today? Incredibly important and. And more and more important every single day. Back in the day when I first started, you could, you know, take your Microsoft exams, you'd go and buy books, physical books. You'd sit there and you'd read your books and then you'd go and take the Microsoft exams. You know, once you felt comfortable and you'd, you'd, um, you'd done enough training for it. And then you were, you were set there for another two, three, maybe even four years before you had to go and do the next exam. Um and you know, we wanted to learn throughout throughout those that those years, but it wasn't as critical. Now, the rate of change, the continuous change that there is every single day, you've got to be putting in some effort into adapting and learning and and studying and challenging yourself, um, because it it just does not stand still. And it, you know, if you if you leave and you don't do something for even a month. You know, you've, you've wasted all of that time. So I think it is incredibly important. There is so much available resource out there for people as well now. God, I mean, you can go and buy books, but I wouldn't recommend it. You know, they're out of date instantly as soon as they're published. But the amount of free resource that's out there, you know, people like yourselves do the podcast. There's so many YouTube channels, uh, user groups, 
hundred percent obviously biased towards the NOG, but there's lots of other fantastic user groups out there as well. Um, and, and start to build your network. I think building your network is also really important. You find when you get to a certain level in IT, it's really incestuous and you come across the same people continuously in, in different roles. Um, so making sure you don't burn any bridges, making sure that you um, are building those networks out is really, really important. And that, I guess that that ties in quite quite closely with the kind of so, so I've I, we, we talked about this previously, and I, I again it's something I mention every every podcast is that for I have sort of five things that I recommend for people when they're when they feel like they're kind of coasting or they're not quite sure what to do in terms of taking steps to to take control of their career again, um, and that is figuring out what you want, not in terms of sort of the, the big picture, but like what do you want next type thing coming up with a plan of, of how to get there, going the extra mile uh, and doing more to achieve that than than you are currently. Um, uh, finding your community, finding your, your, your tribe of people who do who do that thing that you want to be doing um, and networking and building that, those relationships. And then lastly, contributing in some way around blogging, vlogging, talking at user groups, you know, sharing your knowledge with people yeah and so that ties in i guess kind of everything that you've been saying there ties in quite quite closely um with, with those sorts of things are there any that kind of resonate more for you yeah i think as well so my career has been solidly microsoft um but i do have an appreciation now that um that's not a particularly good Things. So I'm looking at doing my Google and AWS foundation exams as well, because I think it's really important that, um, you know, I genuinely do believe that the, the future is, is multi-cloud, you know, multi-cloud for the right reasons. And I think if you, I feel a bit pigeonholed into to one direction at the moment. So I'm personally taking a little bit of a step back and looking at uh, how to address that. As I say, doing my AWS and Google exams is going to be my first thing, just my foundation ones. Um, I think um, speaking to user groups, you know, fantastic experience. It's character building for you as well and gets you your confidence up, especially at the moment as well. I mean, if you're the kind of person who's a bit nervous about standing in front of a room full of people, doing it over a webcam, um, almost just sitting in a room like I am now, just talking to my monitor, is, is a fantastic way to get started with that. Everyone wants you to succeed as well at a user group talk. Everyone is there for the same reason. Everyone is there because they're passionate about the subject that you're talking about. So everyone wants you to succeed. Um, I would certainly say blogging is something that I enjoy doing, but it's very much like the gym for me. I enjoy it once I'm there and doing it, but getting me to do it um, isn't always the easiest. And I've gone through a lot of fits and starts which I think a lot of people have with with their blogs. But just sitting down and formulating your ideas and, and writing this, I have the worst memory in the world. Um, so I use my blog almost as just notes to myself. Um, so I think that's a fantastic way to do it as well. And if, if, if you're inclined to do it, you know, doing things like video blogging, I know, Will, you, you quite like to jump on a camera and, and, um, and have yourself on YouTube um, or, or LinkedIn. Um, I think that's a fantastic thing to do as well. Uh, just different type of people will uh, resonate to different ones. I, I, I certainly agree, and um, and I think that 
it's it's finding the medium that you're most comfortable with. Um, when I was talking to Samit Saini back on a previous podcast, he um, he he was telling us that that he he'll sit down and then he can't get the words from his head onto the page, whereas actually he can he can actually record a video much more clearly if that makes sense. Um, yeah. And I certainly agree with your with your comment about about speaking at user groups for, for you know for me attending user groups up and down the country and, and and actually going and speaking has has certainly turned my career into a different direction um in a way that and and, and made me a part of the community in a way that i think frequently recruiters don't don't get that opportunity to yes to, to have. It makes you more human hasn't it you know you're not when yeah. when we're rings you even if people don't know you personally, they'll probably come across you and you're more human to them rather than just some random recruiter ringing them. And I guess it's the same with, um, you know, if you're an engineer or a consultant or whatever as well, if you can go build out your online presence and you've really got to take pride in your online presence as well because everyone can see it, you know, making sure that you're, you're really professional with it. But um, that, that certainly helps then things like job interviews and people are LinkedIn searching you, et cetera. Just makes you a bit more human to them, I guess. I, I think it does. I think you. I think you may have an, an, an over appreciation of, of of how far people know who I am. Uh, you know, well, oh, that's Will Rowe calling. Oh, I better better pick up the call. Um, so so uh, so yeah. So then, if you know, talking about LinkedIn, social media, that sort of thing, how important has that been to your career development? Do you think? Yeah, I I personally think very. Um, especially things like LinkedIn, Twitter, again, I pick it up, put it down. Um, I'm not, I'm more of a consumer of Twitter rather than a, a tweeter. Um, yep. LinkedIn definitely is, is somewhere where I've tried to showcase myself, making sure I've got a fantastic profile, you know, all my job histories are filled in, um, post interesting, relevant topics and try and generate some conversation. I think, not just that, though, you know, things like uh, creating repositories, GitHubs, et cetera, uh, especially if you're a developer or even even if you're more infrastructure focused. Now, everyone is uh, a coder. Making sure that you are showcasing some of that as well is a really good way to um, to show kind of perspective employers um, your worth. And do, do you think that, I guess, how much weight do you think employers put on that? Uh, that that sort of that show you're working type type thing. Depends on the role, I guess. It's, but if you're a if you're a coder, <clears throat> you know you're perhaps writing. You're going for a job writing Python or something like. If you've got a nice repository full of Python code, then obviously they're going to preference you over someone who's you know done absolutely nothing. <clears throat> I know when I've interviewed people for previous roles in the past, making sure that they are. Keen. I mean, again, if you've got a repository and you're keeping code, etc., up to date, and you're blogging and you're perhaps doing some video blogs and you're really putting lots of posts on LinkedIn, it's showing you're keen and you're willing to do stuff in your own time. And, and um, you've that kind of person who really wants a bit of a go getter. Um, so I think that's really important. Um, a collaboration as well. You know, if you want to collaborate with somebody else, again, that's showing a bit of teamwork. So I think it's really, really important to show yourself in the best, best possible light. At the end of the day, there are tens of thousands of us IT professional people. It's it's really hard to go and get that dream job. So anything you can do to try and 
make yourself stand out and push yourself forward is, is absolutely what you've got to do. Nobody's going to turn around and just give you something. You've continuously got to go and try and get it. Do you, do you know what? That's, that's very interesting. The I, I often think that the, most of my job is is actually helping people identify what sets them apart and then bringing that to the fore. Um, certainly, a, a lot of the conversations I've had this year when I've been talking to people um, who have been furloughed or made redundant or, you know, find themselves, you know, struggling for work has been around, okay, don't be generic, be you, because you're going to be the person that gets hired. And you've kind of got to showcase your experience in a in a unique way, or if not unique way, you know, a sort of to show those sort of slightly more rarefied skills. Um, so are you, are you then saying that that all those sorts of, uh, you know, and, and I want to say bag of snakes for Python repository, but, um, you know, all, that all those sorts of things are going to help build that uniqueness and to allow people to sort of set themselves apart? Absolutely. I mean, if you're interviewing somebody, no presence on LinkedIn, no repositories, never done any blogging, no interest on the CV in terms of community or anything like that, or you've got the opposite person that's always speaking, been massive repository, always contributing to other people's projects, massive LinkedIn presence. That person, to me, would stand out far more than, you know, make me want to go and speak to them more than the, the person who's not doing any of that. So I think that's a fantastic way just to try and set yourself apart a little bit. I think time is is a really hard thing. Um, but even if you just carve out a little bit of time every day to go and do this, perhaps get up a little bit early in the morning or perhaps don't watch so much telly at night and just try and carve out something in the day for you to go and do it. At the end of the day, it's all going to be beneficial for you. So, you know, you just need to put that effort into, effort into it. I think... Um, I, th- I think... One of the things that's come across from talking to to lots of people on this podcast has been that that it's not massive amounts of effort; it's small amounts of continual effort. Yeah. If if that makes sense, that can often be the bit that shifts you and helps you learn. And then it could be saying, you know, setting aside half an hour in the evening to sit down and do some studying and saying, okay, I'm going to commit to doing this, you know, every night for the next month. And it's half an hour a day that, and, and at the end of that, it's, it, I think it's always surprising how far people have come. Yeah. You, you know, you sort of look back. There was, um, I mean, I, I started doing the, uh, it's called the Miracle Morning. Um, so I was getting up, but you get up, you know, between five and a half, five in the morning. I'm not suggesting people should do that, but. No, um, no, Joe, no. One of the no. things that's um, that part of that is if you just read 10 pages a day, which is absolutely nothing, that's 70 pages a week that you've consumed in a book and how much you can have learned then over, say, the month. Um, and how many books you can then consume over the year just from those few minutes a day of reading. And I think that just goes to show that you don't need to do much to make a massive impact to some of this stuff. Just spending, you know, even a few minutes a week or half an hour a week just working on your LinkedIn profile, then, you know, it's it's always, always beneficial to you. So you've kind of got two hats that you wear because uh, you've got your community piece that you do with the, the your user group and, you know, there's the one that you kind of 
well, that you do get you get paid for. How do they relate to each other in your mind? Yeah, I think the user group has certainly helped me. Um, it certainly helped me go and get things like interviews. People are always really interested in it. It's on my CV. I, I run the user group. It's on my LinkedIn. I run the user group. So it's a really good talking point. I think it's helped me showcase my passion um, for IT. Um, it keeps me very relevant and up to date as well. Uh, and as I said before, building that network out of people, I've met loads of people that I keep in regular contact with from doing things like the user group. Um, so they're not directly related, but the user group has certainly helped me in my career, without a doubt. Uh, and my career, you know, I, we started the user group uh, while I was at the co-op. So I started it with um, Michael Doherty, uh, a, a guy at uh, the co-op who still works there. And James Complin, uh, who was Microsoft aligned to the co-op, the three of us started it. Um, so my career and working there also helped me forge those relationships to start the user groups. The, the two things are, are separate, but they've certainly worked in my favour um, throughout. Do you find that that sort of attending these user groups has given you opportunities then that that you might not have had previously? Um, in terms of meeting new people, absolutely, yes. I think it, at the moment as well, you haven't really got to even give up much of your time. I mean, when you were doing these things uh, in person, after work to have to go and drive to a user group and then sit there for a few hours and you always have some free pizza and beers, which is really nice, but you had to give up a significant amount of your time. Whereas now, because we're at home, you don't even have to give up much time just after work, have your tea and then, you know, sit there and watch um, a user group. It doesn't take too much of your time out of the day at all. So I think um, in terms of, um, you know, meeting new people, et cetera, then yeah, definitely. So if, if you then, um, because we're starting to come to the end of, of our time, um, if, if you could give one or two pieces of advice to, to somebody who perhaps was feeling like they're coasting a little bit in their career or, you know, they're, they're looking to, to kind of level up a bit. What, what would that be? Yeah, good question. I think if you're sat there feeling, I want to do something different or I want to um, progress in my career, but I feel a bit stuck at the moment, I would absolutely say build yourself a a bit of a plan. You haven't got to have a really solid timetable schedule, but build yourself a little bit of a plan um, about what you want to learn. Really do your research. LinkedIn's a fantastic use of research. You've that, that perfect job title where you're trying to get to, maybe you want to be a security architect, maybe you want to be a Python developer, maybe you want to go and uh, do some machine learning. Have a look through LinkedIn, connect with other people, have a look at their experience and what and what they're doing um, and then learn from them uh, and then make sure you are proactively actually going out and doing it as I said before no one's going to go and give you that perfect role you've got you've got so much competition you've got to go and grab it with by both hands and put the effort into it um, so yeah I think that that would be my advice is to make sure you're really working for it I think um one of the one of the the, the real themes that has come through from from the podcast and also from from interviewing a lot of people myself you know for jobs jobs to work with and for me 
is that the people that get ahead are the ones that have that are willing to go out and make it happen. Yeah. Um, and I think that that can be a massive challenge when you're, you know, if, if you're feeling like you're in a bit of a rut, for example, or you're kind of coasting or do, do you know what I mean? It, 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 it can almost feel like you're sort of, you're, you're sitting in, in honey and anytime you, you try to move, it's like, Oh my God. But actually doing a little something like you said, maybe 10 pages of, you know, 10 pages a day, you know, it's, it's those small increments that that get you started and then actually being able to sort of reach out and and then start making changes um, can really, really help. And, and like you said, I think tra- from a training perspective, that's often the first thing that, that people can do is, is to look at what are they learning and yeah, sort of and go from there. It can be free as well. You know, it hasn't got to cost you anything, has it? Just sit there and, and read reading is really important or, or watching youtube videos some fantastic youtube videos out there they're not costing you anything other than your other than your time so really it's just if you're not doing it you're just making excuses for yourself really yeah and, and i think hashtags are really important when it comes to that is figuring out what hashtags people are using and then starting to follow those because then you'll start getting be that through twitter or linkedin or or youtube yeah. or whatever you'll start getting that content coming to you um, without necessarily the, you know, having to, to go looking for it. The other issue as well, though, isn't it? There's so much out there is making sure you oh, don't yeah. get down with it. So, yeah, 100% agree with that. Fantastic. Well, mate, thank you so much for coming on the show. And um, I'll look forward to uh, to catching up with you in 2021, hopefully when we're all, you know, vaccinated to the eyeballs and we can... Have we a can holiday. Actually, yeah, have a holiday and, 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 and a beer together. That would be... I mean, I'm not saying I want to go on holiday with you, Joe. You know, I, I like you, but... But I think my wife might have issues. Is the we could have a beer. That's fine. Yeah, sounds like a plan. Cool. Thank you. Good All right. To speak Thanks to very you. much, mate. Cheers. When we look at Joe's career, uh, what we see is somebody who, again, has followed that that fairly traditional approach. For him, he started out in technology from an apprenticeship, moved into support, managed services, and uh, and then has moved into more consulting type opportunities, as well as then working within within end customer type roles. What I think is particularly interesting uh, about Joe's career to date is that he's come a very long way in a very short space of time, and is now at that point in his career where he's starting to to question: Okay, do I want to stay technical? Do I want to move down the the sort of the slightly more commercial and, and business route. And those are always difficult conversations because you just never know what is going to be the at the end of that particular tunnel. But I think certainly what's what's should be reassuring for Joe from from my perspective is that is that once you reach a certain level within an organization an organization anyway, is that you're finding you're having more commercial conversations just as part of the job. So you can always move to something and come back if we look at uh, at some of the other people that we've spoken to this idea of the sort of the the squiggly career path that uh, that, that that bossy angela was talking to us about um i think that that is absolutely as relevant uh for for someone like joe as it is for for somebody like um like angela or indeed myself uh that's been joe hawkinson if you've enjoyed uh, listening to this, you might want to have a listen to uh, some of our other podcasts, um, where I talk to uh, a variety of people from different backgrounds, including Microsoft MVPs, uh, architects, uh, business owners. Um, and you can find more of those at careeringoutofcontrol.com. 
um, or on any of your uh, favorite podcasting apps. So Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, we're everywhere. A uh, little, bit, little bit like coronavirus. So yes, um, thank you for listening and I'll hope to speak to you or hear from you at some point.